Okay. 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 Big news, everyone. Oh, and we're this is the first time we're talking about it, and I'm not doing okay for many reasons. I'm not for many reasons. I mean, the news the news broke hours ago. Well, it's a source news. Is that is that fair to say? I don't even know what that okay, means. So You're a journalist. <laughs> that is like so the wrong term. So news broke from okay. an inside source that. Yes. And I'll let you say the news. Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are divorcing imminently. That is the word that I saw in the article Imminent. I read. Define Imminently. Okay, well, because we're covering a documentary called Definition, Please. <laughs> how? That's not a documentary. But, but describe yes. how is imminently, like they're not getting back together, I guess it's what it defines. I mean, doesn't imminently mean like it's happening very soon? Oh, like this is within... so, oh my God. I'm like, oh, no, it's like <laughs> never. Okay, imminent. Imminent does mean that, right? Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm completely it's happening sober, by imminently. the way. And I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking a beer oh. after a long oh, day. yeah. You go, to girl. To say, um, and I'm pouring a little bit of it out I'm for like Kim and Kanye. I'm like not okay because I I have a lot to say. Okay, but we won't. Okay, this is go not ahead. a Kim and go Kanye. For it. So I think like okay. So I am like a huge advocate for. I don't know if mental illness is the right word, but for people be like mental illness is a thing that people should not ignore, right? And yeah, like awareness. And this awareness. ties into actually the interview that we are going to be exactly. Having, That's we'll why I think it's later. really important. I think there's going to be a lot that is covered in the news on Kanye's part, like covering Kanye. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to have a lot of compassion for the both of them in the upcoming like year or two, because I think it's going to get really messy. But there's that. And then I'm going to be like, oh, gosh, but these people have way more money than they know what to do with. I know. They live... I'm such a Kanye apologist a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I feel I'm kind of like I, I feel bad for them. I feel bad because they had a fam. They have a they family. They have a family. And that's important. Divorce and the ending of relationships mm is always really difficult and traumatic. And so as like person to person, absolutely. I feel like human to human, I feel bad for them. And I hope that it, it sounds like they're just trying to like get it done immediately. Oh, like, I didn't read that part. Okay. That's the imminently part is it's like, okay. <laughs> Kim is meeting with a lawyer and she's just like, let's get this finished. Kanye wants nothing to do with the Kardashians. Let's be honest. If it's if it's leaked. Yeah. It's been going for a while. It's been go she's been meeting. Yeah. So, um I mean, we don't need to talk about it anymore. We just Obviously. had to we just had to address it because I will end on this. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Kanye's next album. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, we'll have to do a we'll have to do a whole episode where we unpack it. I love I I love his music so much. I mean, Kanye a, is a musical he's genius. A, he's I a do. genius. He's a little unstable, and I hope he surrounds himself because there is the aspect, and then we'll end on this. That yes, they're they're powerful, but when mental illness is fueled by power, yes. and money, yeah. Yeah, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous. The right, it's the perfect storm for terrible stuff to happen. One hundred percent. I oh, I also have to say, and this is really the last thing. The article I We're said. Always like, this is the last thing. <laughs> the article I read um, was said that the main reason that this like is actually happening because we've all kind right. of been seeing it, the writing on the wall for a while was that Kim is like very serious about becoming an attorney and like is passionate about criminal justice reform which I didn't know that but you didn't know that Indra I knew that she wanted to be an attorney but I didn't know why so now I know why oh interesting and I still don't totally believe it but she's okay. gotten people and, out of jail okay that's good but 
Kanye's whole running for office political aspirations was just like too much. And I think the the quote was like, she's done with this shit. <laughs> From the, the source? Yeah, like whoever it was. So I feel like Chris is putting on a Darth Vader like mask. <laughs> I'm calling page six. Oh my as God. The I just, it's a whole thing. Um, well, anyway, so we're just acknowledging we're putting a timestamp on this intro because this episode is going to re- be released in the morning. And um, we want to, first of all, say Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, my everybody. gosh. Family karma heads. Cast. <laughs> Fam. This is how... This is... Family karma cast. We're, the karma like, fam. We started this... We started our podcast almost a year ago, in March of last no, I year. Think it was so February. was it February or March? No, it was it was March. That's I remember wild. because it was right before COVID. We sat so, next to each other recording the first like couple episodes. <laughs> we we didn't know. What's no, going no on, one did. But, okay, so we just like I think we ended twenty twenty without really just like thanking all of our listeners right. and supporters, Thank you. and we're so. This podcast has been so much fun. We're so excited for season two. Oh my gosh, we have to do another recap, like another update. Yeah, Because we will do another one for sure. All I have to say is like Bali is active again on Twitter. (gasps) Yeah. And so that is saying something. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, here quick update or quick hypothesis is I think that they not hypothesis wait is that are we both (laughs) both don't know words (laughs) what that's a hypothesis and then you prove it remember in like lab you have to prove it yeah but it's not really this isn't really a hype this is a prediction (laughs) this isn't a hypothesis I'll support you no matter what you say I'm not firing on all cylinders today but my prediction or what I think my analysis of what's going on right now based on the Mm -hmm. Instagram social media is that I think they have wrapped filming why do you say that though I I see them hanging out with other people with masks um, hopefully well, Miami is just fucking open, <laughs> you know, like, like everything COVID. is just open. Like I saw in Brian and Monica's stories. So Brian had a story of him and his girlfriend at dinner in this like big place. Like it was packed. No, not a mask in sight. What? And then he shows Monica at the next table with her friends or other friends. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, it looked like a scene from like pre-COVID. It's like the Olive Garden on a Thursday <laughs> yes. night pre-COVID. I That's like, what I'm feeling. And, you know, I I do have to say that like I have heard from some people who are fans of the show that they're a little disappointed seeing the cast out sort of doing whatever right not social distancing or whatever we don't know what's really going on i just want to say we don't that know. that's actually a really good i standpoint. also want to say that like every state is doing their own thing and restrictions are obviously very light there if there are like any restrictions so you know i don't i don't know i I really hope that for their safety and health that they're all taking care and the precautions they need to take and getting, and I think they were probably getting tested like every couple days. I'm sure. Because I know they do that with the NFL and I'm sure Bravo is the same as the NFL, right? Yeah. And you know, like we know that season two production got shut down for two weeks because of a COVID case and stuff. So, you know, I mean we're just going to hope that they're being responsible. We hope that everyone's safe and healthy, but I do think that um, filming may have wrapped up hmm. already, but we don't know that for sure. And we, we must remember I, that la- first season they ended around Christmas. Yes. I, I think they ended like just after the new year last year. So I am just fingers crossed for a March premiere date. That's what I'm predicting. I have a question. That is a prediction. I have a question. If <laughs> yes. they invited you yeah. down to the premiere in March, would you go? If I had a vaccine. I know. That's a thing. Which, which I, I won't. We, well, we might in March. I, like, I personally do not feel okay right. getting on a plane yet. I haven't gotten on a plane. I don't think. 
I don't think I'll feel okay getting on a plane until I get yeah. a vaccine. But, you know, maybe when I just see it and it's happening, I'll be like, fuck it all. <laughs> Let's just go. I don't know. What do you think? Are they... if? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't know. So, like, I know, like, four. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I know, like, four people now that have gotten COVID tests. Like, my neighbor got one. Like, not a COVID. I keep on calling it a COVID test, a vaccine. Oh, I'm like, what, what the fuck? This is, like, because I am, like, so brainwashed that there's never going to be an end to this. I know. Okay. Okay. You know, four. Wait, you have four neighbors? In Boulder. So, one neighbor. Uh, my my child went to his dentist today. The dentist got it. The whole office is getting it on Thursday. So healthcare, right? But but a de- two dentists. I mean, they're they're doctors. Yes, they are. Yeah, they're. De- <laughs> <laughs> Should we cut that out? That is so. I that mean, is rude. No, I mean, that it, is so- no. I but. Well, you're like, like healthcare. I don't like, know. <laughs> My dad's getting the vaccine on Saturday because he's old and all of that. But you know, we're we're hopeful. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, on to our actual episode. I know we're gonna today. cut this shit down. <laughs> um, we are really excited to have our first episode of 2021 with the lovely, a hustler, <laughs> a hustler and the lovely and talented Sujata Day, who, if you don't know her, you may have seen her on the first three seasons of Insecure. Her character's name was Sarah. She was, she plays one of Isa, the main character's co-workers at the nonprofit. And we talk more about that in the interview. But what we really talk to her mostly about is since then, she's been she's a writer, she's a producer, she's a director, and she just directed her first feature film called Definition Please, which is about a young woman who... Um, was a spelling bee champ. She's South Asian American when she was a kid and she kind of grows up to be less than what people expect her to be. And it's just about her, her life, her family, her friends, all of that. So, um, unfortunately is not out on any streaming platforms right now. Hopefully that will change soon, but yeah, it sounds like, again, she's a hustler and she's making moves and it's been at a lot of, um, film festivals, and so mm-hmm, it's on the mm-hmm. cusp of streaming. It is. And so um, we're just giving a little preview about what the movie is about. We're discussing her inspiration for it, like her thought process behind it. We discuss mental health at length, especially in the South Asian community yes. of how it's dealt with, which I found absolutely very interesting. Because it's a big part of the right. movie. Um, there, That's discussed, domestic violence, like a whole bunch of things. For me, it's one of the movie is probably one of the realest de- depictions, I think, of South America, not South American, South Asian American life. And that's really what she meant it to be. And she's just like, she was so she lovely. Was I was wonderful. like, I, I want her, I want her to be like, my bestie <laughs> which we can maybe make that happen yeah like Sujata if you're listening to this will you be our bestie <laughs> um but honestly it was a great conversation um it's really exciting to present this for you guys today and I and- think like for me I I took away a lot of that and also it was really inspiring as like the first interview we did in 2021 because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always inspired by people that are just creating and creating roles for themselves, uh, like creating their uh, the narrative they want to see on screen or on paper. And she's doing just that. And mm-hmm. especially when she's talking about the production angle of yeah. the movie and it was on her shoulders and how she kind of took that responsibility and had mentors and knew that she had to be calm and collective to to get things done. She has she gives some really good advice for anyone who has a creative pursuit or something that you're like unsure of how to get it out there and whatever. I think just her 
kind of like say yes and just do it mentality mm-hmm. was really inspiring and maybe like the words we need at the beginning of this new year after 2020 which just like sucked so much so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um god i'm going to go back and listen to our first podcast episodes where we're probably just like fuck everything we hate covid well no cuz i don't we didn't know covid was going on right in our first no podcast. no we did like Oh, I'm, Tom Hanks. That's when we yeah. got the news that Tom Hanks got COVID. Shout out. It was so Happy definitely. anniversary to that almost. I know. And then we, we, we knew it was real when Tom Hanks When Tom got Hanks got it, COVID. honestly, like that moment uh, that when was... we were sitting in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like seared it into my so brain. Real. It really <laughs> did. Because we really used to did. record in a studio and now we're just... Yeah, when we say we used to, I think we did two episodes in a studio, <laughs> I mean, and then we had to be at home, and now that's what we do. But I mean, now we just we don't hang out, we don't see each other, we text each other all the time. I harass yeah. Indra about like <laughs> she basically when I watch a Bravo show, she's watching it with me, and I don't care if she's like reading them. Oh, I love it! I love it. Um, we it it's oh. so great. Rate and review. I mean, obviously, if you got through this bantering of two dipshits on the microphone, we're not two dipshits. We're just we're just unpolished so far in 2021 because we haven't. I think that's the way it needs to be. I know because zero expectations. I mean, please, (laughs) should we tell people zero expectations of us? We have no, yeah, we have no expectations. No expectations of 2021. We're we're aiming low of this podcast. (laughs) With this podcast, we're aiming so low. Yes. Well, we (laughs) we do. We are though very excited for what we are, and we're putting in the hard work. We are. No. And I mean, we have a lot of great episodes planned for you. I won't get into it now because we want to get into this episode. But um, thank you so much for listening. Great review. Did I already say that? Yes, please do. And um, please enjoy this interview with Sujata Day. It's really nice to meet you, Sujata. Thank yes. you so much for speaking with us today. Of course. Thank nice you. To you guys, too. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, absolutely. And how is your new year going the first few days of 2021? Good, good. I mean, I've been working on a feature, some very deep into writing right now, and that's going really well. I haven't been stressed about it at all. I've just taken like pretty much the whole break, and I'll write like three or four pages a day, and then you get to that magical 90, you know? Wow. Is that usually like the number that you're looking for? Yeah. Yeah. Especially for um, comedies, you don't really want to go above 90 because no one's trying to read, you know, a comedy that's too long. And so in going back to definition, please, when did you start working on that script? I start, well, I guess you could say I went, I had a UCB sketch writing class in 2015, 2014 or so. And I, I would say 2015, I was in a UCB sketch writing class. And in those classes, you are assigned to write a sketch every single week. And they're four page sketches, very clear, concise structure. And my idea for that sketch was where are they now spelling bee winners? So I, Googled all the spelling bee winners of the past and they're all doing great things and they're working at NASA and (laughs) robots. And so I, the button or the laugh of my sketch was that this one spelling bee winner grew up to not achieve anything at all. She was a loser. So I kind of wrote that sketch and put it away. And then in 2016, 17, I would say middle of 2017, I started writing the full feature script idea of this spelling bee winner who grows up and hasn't achieved what she was meant to achieve. And it was all based on that premise in the sketch. I am assuming the movie is like quite autobiographical in some ways. Actually, I'm not sure. But um, did you ever participate in spelling beads as a child? 
So it's not autobiographical, okay. but there are definitely moments that are pulled from real life, whether it's my life or my friends or families. And I did participate in my fourth grade spelling bee. <laughs> and I won the class spelling yeah. bee. Wow. Well, there were 10 people in my grade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're still a winner, baby. I'm still a winner. I definitely got one of those like small little trophies. Like yes. oh, it had like a B on it. And then I went to regionals and I lost in the first round on the word radish and I spelled it oh. with two B's instead of one. Yeah. Bummer. Do you remember what your winning word was in your classroom? You know what? I don't, but everyone always remembers their hmm. losing word. Oh, hmm. that's interesting. Something to say about that. I have a question because um, I'm always curious how people find out, like, how did you first find out about UCB? And this can go back into like your history and acting and like, I don't know what UCB improv. is. Can we explain that? Oh, I'll yeah. let you explain. Upright Citizens Brigade. Okay. It was formed by a group of people. Amy Poehler was one of them. Yes. Okay. And were you in New York or LA? In LA. Okay. In LA. So I was getting, I was feeling sort of stunted in the regular scene study acting classes. Yeah. And, and I wanted to be freer and I wanted to, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of comedy, so it just made sense. And, and, and I actually went around to, a bunch of the schools in LA just to see what I would be into. Like I looked into Groundlings, I looked into Improv Olympic and UCB stood out to me because as I was going to see their shows, I noticed that they had a lot of women in, of color on their stages. And so that was really exciting to me. And I was like, oh, they're showcasing these really funny women of color. Like I was seeing Nicole Byer on stage and mm -hmm. Sashir Zameda. And, Amazing. Um, my friend Eugene Cordero, he became one of my mm -hmm. teachers. And so I was just seeing a lot of really funny people of color. And so that pulled me towards Upright Citizens Brigade as opposed to the other schools. And not that I'm have anything against the other schools it was just like a personal preference and then I went through the whole improv program at UCB and that is acting only and then I went into the advanced program at UCB and then after that I, I wanted to focus a little bit more on my writing side so I took the sketch 101 class and that was really that was really great yeah I it, I'm always interested to hear about the the improv culture because there is such a huge I don't want to say like cult surround like cult mentality, but th it is such you're you're in you're so ingrained in it. Do you agree? Yeah, I do, and it and it is for the best. I will say that when I was there, I was living, breathing, doing improv. I was taking classes at night and doing something called improv boot camp during the day, and when you're not doing practice groups, you're going to shows, you're hanging out with the people from your class. And I did about four or five years of that. And, and I actually, it was bittersweet because I, I left because I wanted to concentrate more on my writing. And, mm -hmm. and I think it was a great decision, but I loved being at UCB. And it was such a learning growth experience that I always encourage everyone to do any kind of improv whichever school they decide to go to. Even if you're a non-actor, a lot of my writer friends go do improv classes. A lot of my friends who aren't in the business go do the improv classes just to kind of gain more confidence or be able to take more risks in whatever they're doing. So it's good for everybody. So um, we definitely want to talk about the movie, but I think... Um, one thing that I was really wondering about as I was watching it and kind of relating to aspects of the story as a South Asian American female growing up in the U.S. and all that, I was like, I would I really would love to know more about your personal background and growing up, how maybe aspects of your childhood fed into the movie um, and also, you know, it, for better or worse, it's uncommon to see South Asian women in Hollywood 
still, even still. <laughs> um, and so just curious to hear about, you know, how you forged a path to where you are now. Yeah. So I grew up in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, which is uh, an hour outside of Pittsburgh. And I think I had a pretty unique upbringing in that I went to a pretty white suburban high school slash middle school. But then there are three temples in our region. So I was hanging out with my Indian friends on the weekends and I was going to Parthnathyam dance classes on mm-hmm. Sunday with my friends, which is Indian classical dance. And I was going to Hindu summer camp in Lake Erie every year. And we would just be going to Indian parties all the time. So <laughs> I had a real true connection with my culture, but also, you know, had my other friends at school, but was hanging out with my Indian friends on the weekends. So I was really lucky in that I didn't have that, uh, that, oh, choosing between two cultures uh, dilemma that a lot of first generation Indian Americans have. And so when I was in middle school, high school is when I started to do musicals. And that's when I um, just caught the acting bug. I was like, this is great. I love singing. I love dancing. And this is so fun. And my parents would come to all my shows and bring flowers and come every night. And so that was really great. But on the other hand, I was also really good at math and science. (laughs) So I went to engineering school. I went to Case Western, got my engineering degree. But at the same time, I was still writing and acting and dancing. And I took a semester of playwriting. I took a semester of screenwriting. And then I interned at a company called Accenture. And that was right after I graduated. They moved me out to Los Angeles. And it was all part of the master plan of me going into entertainment as I was on salary for this consulting firm. And so I was a really bad Accenture employee. (laughs) And and I would make all my phone calls go to my cell phone. And in the meantime, I was going to acting class, meeting agents, auditioning, doing all that stuff. And then about a year into working at Accenture, I got laid off, which was actually great. Yeah. (laughs) Because I got severance and unemployment. Mm -hmm. And I think about like eight to 10 months after that, I booked three national commercials in a row. Oh my, what commercials were those? What commercials were those? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, one was Pontiac. Yes. One, nice. Oh, one was car. Huh. Oh, strange. One was Pontiac. One was like a... Can I ask how a car audition goes? Like, <laughs> are, is it just like... We don't want to do the 10 and 2 in a commercial <gasps> audition. Okay. Like, that will negate you right away because they're always like, just put your hand like at the bottom of the steering wheel. That'll look cool. And, <laughs> and don't huh. make it look like you're driving a car like a crazy person. Yeah. And then now you, legit, I drive like this. Yeah, like, well, now you will know I drive ten in movies two. in car scenes. Sometimes the people do put it at ten and two, and they look crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and they're like just shifting it back and forth. Yeah. Well, so I'm trying to think of the last scene since I watched it last night of Definition, please. When you were driving, yeah, you're you can't see <laughs> your hands. I don't think you can. I don't think. I think your hands were down here. I was definitely driving. That was like you were new- driving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it looked yeah. like you were driving. That wasn't like a green screen. <laughs> no, no, no. It didn't look. It looked like you were on an East Coast highway. Mm-hmm. Was that in the East Coast? Oh, yeah. We filmed yeah. it in my hometown in Greensburg. Oh, I was wondering if it was because it really looked like it. I actually have to ask because I feel like so I'm from the East Coast and I don't know if it's an East Coast thing or a small town thing or whatever. It's like you have your bar that you like can't wait to become of age to go to. <laughs> was that your bar that it was filmed in? Oh, this is what sad. do you have stories about those bar- that bar? <laughs> so the bar... Unfortunately, we couldn't get the first bar that we oh, want. Okay. We went, okay. We went, and it's called Toads. And we went to Toads. Toads. And 
and they were excited. They were like, oh yeah, cool. This is the date and you're going to shoot at this time. And we're like excited. My DP is there. My producers are there. We're looking, we're checking the place out, checking out our shots. Mm -hmm. And then the day before, I think my producer called them and was like, okay, so we're going to start loading in at whatever AM, 8 AM, 9 AM. And they were like, Ooh, Actually, actually, we booked a party. No, no. And I was like, no, what? no, not toads. But they, but they didn't like. I, I think they like didn't really. They were like, oh, but you can come in like after the party, and we're like, oh. no, no. That's, I don't think they truly understood right. wh what filming meant. That it would take all day. And, mm -hmm. and, just, just the they pictured you to come in on your iPhone and, be like, <laughs> yeah. and action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was really sad. But they they were really apologetic about it, and they were super cool. And and so we had to find a last minute bar. I really liked the aesthetic of the second bar. It, it felt, felt really woody. Yes, it felt like that old school. Right. I know that bar. Like, we've, we've, we've all, all been, been to drunk that bar. in that bar. <laughs> we've all been drunk. I'm so glad you guys loved it. But yeah, that was that was like a situation where I was I bet. I believe it was like 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. I'm in the middle of shooting a scene with Ritesh who plays Sunny mm -hmm. and I'm directing it and I'm in it and it and then I get a text from Cam, my producer, being like, we lost the bar. And I was like, mm. okay, so I didn't like show any emotion on my face. And I just went into the other room and started texting my friend who lived in Pittsburgh, if he knew anyone in Greensburg to, with another bar. Yeah. And then he's like, Jason has a bar. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I texted Jason. He's like, yeah, you can come in whenever. And I was like, great. And we saved the situation in a matter of hours. And, nope. and I just... I want to stress that you wrote, directed, and starred in Definition, please, for and, people that... And produced it. And yeah, yeah, and so, so many questions about that. Like... Is this your first time doing many of those things or maybe none of them? So I had a practice run in 2016. I made a short called Cowboy and Indian yeah. where mm -hmm. I also produced, wrote, mm -hmm. starred and directed. And so that was a really great small version of what I did for Definition Please. And okay. when I came out of Cowboy and Indian, I was like, oh, that was really fun. And um, I had a great time and it, it didn't feel stressful. So I knew then that I wanted to do it for a feature as well. But I'm assuming it was kind of a different beast just because you're going from a less than 10 minute feature to a 90 minute movie or more. Right. Um, were there a lot of situations kind of like the bar situation that just came up out of nowhere and you just had to like pivot and figure it out? There were, yeah, there were different situations like that, but I think, as long as the person who's in charge, which is me, as long as you stay pretty neutral and you don't show your frustration or your stress to the rest of right. the cast and crew, then everyone stays cool. And for me, it's like, okay, so we have a problem. Let's just try to solve the problem mm -hmm. as yeah. opposed to mulling over it and getting mad at people or blaming anyone. Because in the indie film situation, you can't really put the blame on anyone because nobody's uh, because it's it's a team right um, it's a team collaboration is there someone that you've worked with before that you were like whether it was a teacher or um, a director producer that you were like i really like the way they handle stress and i'm gonna try to emulate that i definitely had two of my favorite directors from insecure were tina mm -hmm. Marie and debbie reynolds mm -hmm. and they just exuded confidence yet also um were very nurturing in a very motherly way that was nice and um calming and made you want to do your best and so both of them, I, I, I've kept them in mind in terms of who I want to emulate when I'm directing, especially. Yeah. yeah, I think keeping calm in a situation like that, that's such a like important leadership quality that I think 
goes across any industry that anyone is in is like that well, and I think it's interesting because it's um okay, and I'm on the outside looking in of like things I read about Hollywood. It's like I I I read articles about these men that are allowed to lose their tempers in films and like just do uh ex- like just show unprofessional behavior um behavior you know and of course the women on set are going to you know be stand-up employees or or like you know do what they're supposed to do yeah i definitely hope that that is starting to change because there's so many people who are calling out this kind of behavior so i really hope that people who do their job well and prove it on the screen and you know actors and cast and crew talk about how much fun they have on being right. on set. but I just hope that people understand that that's all super important too yeah I'm thinking about uh Tom Cruise's most recent COVID-19 which we can go into <laughs> which we won't because we don't want a certain in- certain organization on top of us no right now, no but, but um, um yeah or just even directors like just huge directors just screaming or actors and obviously they have they're in powerful positions but i i, I look forward to hearing more of what you're saying yeah kind well, of in the narrative I, I definitely feel like i treat my actors and cast and crew the way that i would like to be treated yeah. and i know that like i said when tina and debbie were on set and i was like oh my gosh i just felt so safe mm-hmm. and taken care of mm-hmm. and um the best of my acting ability was going to come out in that kind of setting so that's that's all i tried to you know that's how i want my environment to be yeah So definition, please. Um, When I was watching it, like there was a lot of um, there's a lot of like like linguistic choices beyond the like vocab words and stuff. But like Hindi words that you and I would know growing up in the Indian culture, like Dada and Baba and things like this, that I noticed you didn't take the time to explain that to a white audience or a non-Indian audience, which I actually thought was really cool. And I thought if that was like an intentional choice to kind of just represent it how it is and let people kind of like marinate in it and figure it out for themselves, I guess. Yeah, that was definitely an intentional choice. I, as an actor, I audition for a lot of stuff and I'm reading a lot of scripts and when I see something like she eats a samosa, it's a fried triangle filled with potatoes <laughs> and peas. I'm like, wow. Okay. Stop yeah. Explaining this. It's a fried it's triangle. That is, that's tough to hear as a white person. I couldn't even imagine. Let the person Google a samosa. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, so stuff like that, you know, I, I didn't want to take the time to, explain because I I hope that my audience is smart and you know maybe they don't get it right away the reference but throughout the movie you start to kind of settle in to what you're watching and you just start to get it it's like if we're watching you know I've been watching Bengali soap operas being at home <laughs> or, or even I don't know Hindi and I'm I'm fluent in Bengali, but not Hindi. So we'll be watching some Bollywood movie. And I don't, I can't understand what's going on, but I know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that was something that I did very intentionally where I just didn't feel like explaining things to who I initially thought I, I was making. I wanted to make this for South Asian American families and South Asian American, you know, kids who grow up here and they'll know what that is and and I enjoy watching movies about other cultures Mm -hmm. and when I watch those movies I don't even enjoy when they're explaining things to me so you know I just watched Lovers Rock on Amazon and and Mm -hmm. it's given to us you know you just watch the visuals and nothing is explained and you still get what's going on and it's gorgeous 
So I love that kind of writing and filmmaking. Well, actually, I have a question to ask both of you. Um, so mental illness was a big part of the film. And um, Justin said, like, what is usually the norm in South Asian families of dealing with someone with mental illness? I mean, you don't talk about it. That's yeah. what I've seen growing up. You don't talk about it. You you kind of whisper about it if it's mm-hmm. not in your family. You're like, oh, well, you don't want to, you know, talk to Anand about that or, yeah. you know. So, yeah. So it's definitely not talked about. Um especially in boys and men, it's seen as a weakness. Right. And that's the thing that um, just because um, so I, I said I was I'm white, you know, and um, I'm learning a lot about South Asian culture through this podcast. And it's interesting how it, it does highlight in the movie how you're right. Men are just kind of up here. And I'm not saying women are down here, but like, the boy is kind of like the, 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 not holy one, but like the one that, how would you say it? Like, what would you say the boy is in a South Asian family? Perhaps preferred. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say, is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was interesting that you gave Sonny, like he had the mental illness and how was it writing his character? Because I, I, I'm assuming it was, challenging and did you have to tread lightly when writing on it and how much research did you do i definitely grew up around specifically indian american kids that had mental illness Mm -hmm. and also it's in my extended family so writing that character wasn't very difficult for me sometimes with some of the medications and the terms Mm -hmm. I would research those and i would there's certain groups online for uh, Indian Americans seeking mental help. So I I would look at those. And when I got into writing the script, it kind of just flowed. And and I knew how I wanted the mental illness to be perceived and seen. I didn't want it to be some, you know, wild, uh, crazy out there thing. And I wanted to, I wanted it to be an everyday experience of Sunny living with mental illness and then also of Jaya and Monica dealing with it in their own separate ways. Indra, have you had experience with, Yeah, maybe you don't want to share on this podcast, but like no, I, what you've seen? My, um, my dad's youngest brother actually committed suicide. Um, oh my gosh, his... I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, I mean, I never met him. I think it was before I was born. But the crazy thing is, is I didn't find out about that until I was like a teenager. Like we like to keep secrets. Nobody wanted to like, honestly, I don't even know how I found out. I can't remember. But if they could have kept it a secret for me for my entire life, they would have. Yeah, I'm not surprised about any of that. Yeah, it was a very it still is a very like kind of taboo conversation and. Um, that's always felt strange to me because it's like, well, can we honor, you know, my uncle's mm. life? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there has been more of a push for that amongst his other siblings, my dad and my other uncle and aunt. But it's um, it's absolutely a taboo um, thing. And I think it is in other cultures as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really great to kind of see that topic being addressed um, so outright and, like you said, making it into this, like, everyday thing that is, like, a very real thing that not just Indian families deal with, like, families everywhere deal with, um, you know, especially bipolar disorder. A lot of people deal with that. So that was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Uh, so what were like some of the other very intentional choices that you made about representing South Asian culture? I know that's a big question, but if there is <laughs> anything that you think of like that you that stands out to you, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I sprinkled it in throughout the film. You know, I love masala lace chips. I've been eating them 
my entire break. We got them from Patel Brothers, the grocery store (laughs) in the movie. Shout out to Patel Brothers. Shout out. That was a nice Indian grocery store. Right? Yeah. So that's a real place is what you're saying. In Murraysville, Pennsylvania. And they, it's basically an Indian Trader Joe's. It's so nice. And um, they were, they were so great. They just let us come in there and shoot in the morning before all their customers came in. And um, I also love thumbs up. So I wanted mm-hmm. to put a little product to thumbs up. In well, there. that was something that I discovered that I'm excited to dip my toe into. <laughs> when we go to India, Deanna, someday. I'm just going to, I am you're gonna get I'm a ready thumbs for up. thumbs up. It, I didn't realize what was missing in my white life. It's also spelled thumbs without a B. No B. No B. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like my favorite thing about it. It's so is it really? So what is it? It's 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 coffee and like the high of if you drink a coffee and Coke. So it's it's got no coffee flavor. It definitely tastes like a Coke, mm-hmm. but I believe there's more caffeine in it because I, I can is... remember drinking it in India and being like so wild. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. I. I think the thing that like spoke to me the most was like um, the younger girls in it at the spelling bee, like the person who played Monica as a younger child, but then also the girl that you were tutoring older, who was when you were older. I just love that like she had the mustache, she had the unibrow, <laughs> like she was just like, I'm... I was like, I feel so seen right now. <laughs> and... You know, it's something that like there are more representations of South Asian, the South Asian community in film and TV and things like that these days. But that felt this whole movie felt a little bit more real to me on many levels. And, um, you know, you saying that you wanted it for you made it for the South Asian American community really makes sense to me. Like it. I absolutely felt that as a member of the South Asian American community. And how did you find those two little girls who were so adorable? <laughs> yeah, so Asia was my my parents uh, my parents' friend's daughter, and and the son, the younger brother, Sonny character, was her brother. Okay. So, oh yeah. So they just uh, sent me their picture, and I was like, "Great, done." <laughs> <laughs> well, they could act. Um, but Asia was awesome. She memorized that, uh, that spelling bee, you know, the spelling opening sequence and just did it over and over with, with no hesitation. She was really great. I was really impressed with her. And then the girl who plays Pyle, Maya Kapoor, um, she was also really great. She actually had done some acting in her school. She's from LA. She's very, she's actually very sophisticated. <laughs> her demeanor though was perfect. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, but she was she was really great. And it was funny when we were doing her wardrobe and the costumer would call me and was like, so she has a lot of like sophisticated black, gray and white clothes and that's all she has. And so, <laughs> and so we had to like go out to, you know, like a limited two or something and get her some colorful stuff. Yeah. To, make her look her age in in the film um but she was she was really great too they were both you know just ready and prepared and with maya we had a couple rehearsals in la with her where i was just doing improv stuff because i didn't especially with kids i don't i don't know how other directors do this but i didn't want them getting stuck in the way of saying their words like i just trusted that she would know her mind she got to set and we just did played a lot of improv games and um that was really good and fun we just got to know each other i want to talk so i read this article this interview you did and you were talking about seeing um like brown girls in audition rooms and i was wondering you said it's kind of changed over the years that you've been in hollywood do you see it obviously you maybe haven't been in audition auditioning a lot do you audition a lot during covid so it's been really oh it's 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 zoom auditions oh okay zoom producer sessions where you're doing it to zoom but they're watching you and they're not 
you know, oh, really cameras awkward. aren't on. So you can see like 10 people are there, but Ooh. yeah. Oh yeah, my God. One time, I mean, this was like two months ago. They, the casting director was like, okay, so I'm going to turn my camera off. And I was like, who am I acting with? I know. Oh. He was like, oh, you're just going to, you know, I'm just going to say the words and you just pick a point in your room to, to act. And I was wow. like, oh. that is yikes. So, so that is, that was kind of like, mm, I mean, I did not book the job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering, it's like the stuff that you audition for. Is it like we need a South Asian young woman or is it just like we just need a woman, you know, for this role? You know what? It's a healthy mix of both. Uh, I really enjoy both. You know, if, if something is written really well for a South Asian woman, I get really excited and I text everybody about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is, a, this is a good script. I get really, I actually get really shocked. Um, but I also audition for the, oh, this is, you know, there's no ethnicity, mm-hmm. specific ethnicity needed for this role. And those are really fun, too, because then you can kind of just make it your own or who you are. So, yeah, th- th- it goes both ways. Yeah, I was actually wondering about that in terms of your character on Insecure. So your character is part of the nonprofit that Issa is a part of in like the first two seasons, maybe, right? That three seasons. Three seasons. Okay, so it's called yeah, You Got Y'all, and it has a lot of issues with like... Yeah, what is that thing called again? I always so, forget the name. We Got Y'all. We, we Got, got y'all. y'all. And it's yeah, like the, the logo is like a white hand holding up like children. Oh. It's like yeah, very problematic. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very great. problematic. And that's like a whole thing about it is that like... And for those listeners that haven't watched Insecure... It's amazing. It's so and we're good. not just tooting its horn because we have one of the actresses from it on it. It's such a good It's such show. a good Great. show. I'm not even I'm not even on the show anymore and I love it and I think it's yes. amazing to watch it. And even the last season that I wasn't on, I think was one of the best seasons. Yeah. Yes. I'm in Agreed. the middle of it right now actually, but yeah, I so like the organization has a lot of issues with like white saviorism and stuff like that and you're on staff there and you work with Isa and from what I remember, like, other than Issa, you're the only other person of color in those, like, staff meetings. Is that right? Am I right about that? I think on the uh, – physically it looks like that, but Catherine Kavari uh-huh. is also one of our fellow coworkers, and she's Iranian. Oh, I don't okay, know, okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. she looks, you know, yeah. white-ish, so, Okay, yeah. so I was just wondering about, like – when they cast you for that role, were they looking for a South Asian woman or were they looking for a person of color or like, how did that kind of come together? Because I thought it was interesting to have like this organization that's struggling with white saviorism, but they do have people of color on staff. Like that tension is really important. And I thought the show explored it really well. And you were obviously a part of that. So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, I didn't audition for Insecure oh, because okay. I, was, I was on Awkward Black Girl. Right, Eva. that's okay. right, okay. that's right. <laughs> so she just texted me and was like, hey, girl, like there's a role for you in my pilot. It's it's not a huge role now, but it'll, you know, be recurring and you'll come back. Mm-hmm. And she was like, do you want to come in and shoot it? And I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> So, so that was kind of how I got the role and she knew me. So I've, I've known Issa since, um, 2010. Okay. Yeah. And how did you guys connect then? Through Twitter. Oh, what? So So I, I had just left Facebook and, you know, I was ahead of my time leaving Facebook. <laughs> yes. And, um, and I was like, well, I don't have Facebook, so I need a new social media. And I was like, what's this Twitter thing? Nobody was on Twitter. And I was like, I'll just make a Twitter and see what happens. And then uh, a couple, I don't know, a couple months later, uh, I, I started following a group called Film TV Diversity. And they would tweet out directors and writers and producers and people who were doing stuff. And so I would pretty much follow anyone that they would tell me to follow. And then Issa was one of them. And uh, she tweeted out a couple days after I followed her 
um, hey, I'm looking for a mixed looking girl to play my best friend on a web series. And I wrote to her and I said, I'm not mixed, but this is what I look like. She's like, all right, come on in. So then I went to her house for an audition. And a couple hours later, she was like, you got the role. And Oh, my gosh. And that was really funny because it was like not getting paid. Yeah, like, right. Just, you know, I, I showed up um, at her dad's doctor's office in Inglewood to shoot our first scene. <laughs> and, and it was like her brother holding a camera with a microphone on the camera and her. And then we shot the scene in like 20 minutes and she was like, thank you so much. And I was like, okay. And then I left and I was like, what did I get myself into? Yeah. And then Were the, the wait, was the for initial cause episodes up of the web series or were oh, they not up? Awkward black girl, two whole seasons are on YouTube. But were they, when you shot it, were, were the initial episodes up? Because what episode were you in? I came in episode three, I believe. Okay. And I had my hallway scene in episode three and the first two episodes, I believe I had not seen yet. Okay. And then she started putting them up and I was like, Hmm, this is interesting. And mm -hmm. you know, YouTube wasn't really YouTube at that time either. And then we just started, you know, shooting every weekend and the other actors were just friends of hers from Stanford and then it blew up. Yeah. Well, I think what's amazing about you and Issa is like you're creating your own content for yourself to like flex your creative muscles. Yeah, which is like, I think that's an important story for people to hear. Yeah. That like, you know, you can tell yeah. your own story. Well, yeah, because I, I, I watched Issa during, you know, those first two seasons of Awkward Black Girl. She was putting... The web series on her credit cards and maxing yeah. out the credit cards and so that that was not a question for me in terms of doing definition please mm -hmm. when there's so many people around you in hollywood telling you the worst thing you can do is put your own money into your movies or your tv shows right. or your shorts always get money from other people and I was like, no, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. Like, like who, who else is going to invest in you more than yourself? Mm -hmm. And so that was never a question for me in terms of doing my own stuff. And so what was your budget for the film? I'm not going to say, say? Budget. <gasps> budget. what was, what was the, what was um, the thing? What did that... it look like? How much, how much money did it look like? We spent? I don't even know. $50 I million. Like... Dollars. Yes, yes, that was the budget. It looked like a $50 million <laughs> production. It was like a little less than Wonder Woman 1980. Okay. That's what I was okay. thinking. That's... I was like, well, there's what I was thinking Wonder Woman. And then I was thinking Transformers. And I was like, <laughs> It's not that it's not quite that high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are correct. <laughs> I know. I mean, obviously, it looked like really big budget. But um, were you relying a lot on like places to like friends of places to stay and like? Well, we actually no, we actually had a budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so uh, we we reached that budget through you know a lot of investors and financiers and myself and friends and family, and uh, we put people up in a pretty decent hotel nice. that everyone was happy to stay at. And I we, love hotels so much. Yeah, hotels are fun. Aren't they great? Yeah, there was there's actually a Hampton Inn. Yeah, and it was only three years old, so it just felt like a new oh. hotel. And oh, was there a pool? Like a dream. It sounds <laughs> so like being in a hotel. Uh, right funny, I didn't spend much time there, and I'm not sure if there was a pool or not because I just mm -hmm. stayed at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, which is yeah. so awesome. I love that it was in your hometown. Yeah, yeah, it was really special. So now that the movie was released last year, and um. I think I heard, is it going to be available on streaming platforms or maybe you can't talk about that? I can't talk about it just okay, yet. Okay. We're okay. talking to a bunch of different people and we'll see what happens. But yeah, right now we're doing the festival circuit, which has been really fun. And it's been interesting to see how festivals have been pivoting in mm -hmm. terms of COVID. Mm -hmm. And uh, the virtual festivals have been really great. We've been doing panels for them by Zoom. 
and they've really made us feel um, like we were a part of the festival and then we can oh, good. watch all the other movies and support the other filmmakers. So that's been really great. I mean, obviously I wish we could have traveled to Hawaii because yeah. we got into Hawaii <laughs> Film Festival. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, we, we got into Film Festival in Montreal. And oh not, my gosh. Oh, you know, I just, I just wanted to go to all these places and we got into a bunch of film festivals in Pennsylvania and I would have loved to have yeah. been yeah. in the audience for those. And so that, that was a little bit, you know, a bummer, mm -hmm. but, but they are making it work. And I obviously don't want to put anyone in danger, you know, I yeah. want yeah. healthy and safe. And so just been adapting to the current situation. And so what are your, I mean, I know you are, you, you have so many talents, so many interests. Um, while Definition Please is still kind of moving and shaking, I'm sure it sounds like you have other projects in the work too. Is there anything on the horizon that you want to talk about? Yeah, I, I mean, I finished writing a feature this summer. So that's out to some actors and I'd like to shoot that. That's actually a film that we could possibly shoot in if we quarantined at a certain place. Mm -hmm. We just shot it. Um, so that's out to a couple actors. And then I'm working on another feature right now, like I said, and then I have two shows. So I have a show that's at a studio that's in development and we're attaching, you know, showrunner director to, and then, um, I have another show at a production company where we'll take that out to pitch, um, soon, probably January, February. So it's a new year and, um, you know, can you talk to maybe someone listening that wants to get their hustle on <laughs> and like like because you obviously you're, you're you are doing hustling. things you're creating <laughs> and and I think it's like you know people want to do maybe what you do or have your hustle in in like their own lives and what they're doing I think one of the biggest things to think about is don't wait for perfection to make your move so even with when I was doing my short film in 2016, I was like, you know, I'm going to allow myself to fail. I'm going to let myself, you know, make huge mistakes on this. And actually, it all turned out pretty great. Yeah. And so I did the same thing for Definition, Please. I was like, this is my first feature. I'm going to allow myself to fail and learn from the mistakes. And, you know, in my second feature, I'll just do a better job. And so I think a lot of us don't want to put something out right. less than perfect. And that's just the wrong um, point of view to take because it, it's just all about creating and putting it out there. And you never know what's going to um, catch someone's attention. And it might not be something that goes viral or you know, gets a bunch of views, but, but something else could happen out of it. Like I, I did a web series called Larry and Lucy that nobody has seen, nobody knows about. <laughs> but I got, I got a manager through that. Mm -hmm. So wow. point to it, you know? So I would just say, just keep, um, just keep creating and keep putting stuff out, even if it doesn't seem perfect and allow yourself to fail. Yeah. I mean, there's so much content out there of all different kinds that like being I've I've personally been paralyzed in creative pursuits by wanting things to be perfect. And I think that, you know, with this podcast, even it's been just like, mm -hmm. let's just do it. Let's just put it out yeah. there, see what happens. And it's been really fun to see how it's grown and stuff like that. Um, of, and just like the feedback you get. Yeah. Of the projects you have coming up, um, is there like, I mean, Definition Please was so wonderful. Again, this like love letter to the South Asian community. Is there anything similar like that coming down the pike for you? Or is the I content? Mean, everything is about Indian Americans, everything that I write. So yes, wonderful. <laughs> Yay. So uh, look out for those projects. Yes, we'll be reviewing all of them. Yes, <laughs> and I, you are, you're amazing. And it, just you're really inspiring so I think it's so important like I, I I didn't realize this before but I'm so glad you were our first guest in 2021 mm -hmm, me too because you are doing your thing yeah I I have been you know what I've been inspired by so many people that 
have yeah. helped me along the way, including Isa and and yeah. Matthew Cherry, who just won an Oscar. And I was in his film that premiered at South by Southwest a couple years ago. And he did that on his own. Mm-hmm. And Tracy Oliver, who wrote Girls yeah. Trip and is, you know, show running her own show right now. And so I have just been inspired by all these people that I've worked with that I hope to inspire others. That's, that's the main goal, you know, to inspire others to write their own stories and tell them and know that there is an audience out there for those specific stories. Yeah, absolutely. There is. And um, we're just like really excited about it. Yeah. And, and, and your movie was amazing. And thank you so much for sharing it with us. And, I really can't wait to see what you're doing. Yeah. What, what what comes out. How can people so like much. follow what you're up to and what's the best way for them to like see what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on all the social medias at Sujata Day, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I have a fan page on Facebook. You know, I <laughs> oh, excuse me. Excuse me. My personal page. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Definition Please also has its Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So you can definitely follow along Def- Definition Please to see um, where we land. Mm. I'm so excited. Very wow. exciting. And and I know you're going to land like somewhere soft and hard at the same time. <laughs> you know Ooh, what I, like I mean? That. I like yes. that prediction. It's going to be so soft and so hard. It's going to hit this earth. <laughs> that's, that's a cool that's a cool premonition i will accept that awesome well thank you so much for joining us today shujata and good luck with everything in 2021 we thank you we can't wait to see uh all the great projects that you have that you're working on thank you guys so much this was really fun yes it was thank so fun. you bye, bye. bye.